This is the Learning Curve Podcast, and I'm Pastor Scott Rambo. Welcome to the classroom. Let's dive into the Word of God and see what He has to say to us today. Thankful to, to be here today. Did you have anything else? No. Thankful to be here today, uh, my family and I. Thankful for the invitation out here. Uh, it's good to be around God's people. And it's good to uh, just be around like people with like, you know, like minds and like hearts. And it's funny, um, Brother Scott was talking about that. I, and I, I've always called him Rambo. So it's funny he mentioned uh, where, you know, how we met because I've been thinking about that all week. <clears throat> and um, I still work uh, at, the, at that place of employment. And, um, <laughs> and so every time, it'd be like two o'clock in the morning. I'd be on break, and here he'd come in. Or he'd be on break, and then I'd come in. And the Lord just put us together. And I didn't know much about him at the time, but I just knew, and I could tell that he loved the Lord. And, and I just want to tell you I appreciate that because it helped and encouraged me greatly. And it's kind of like, you know, finding a Barnabas out in the world. And uh, so I appreciate that. And so he extended this invitation to me uh, to come out and, and, to, and to just do a Bible study with everyone. Um, when he invited me, he told me uh, the way the, uh, the Bible study set up. And I really appreciate that y'all meet on a Tuesday night. It just gives you one more day of the week to be around God's people. And I appreciate that. Um, but he told me I, I, we usually pose a question and, and then we take the Bible and we do our best to answer it. He said, but I'm going to be gracious. I'm going to give you two questions. You can choose. And the other one was, what should we do while we wait on the return of Christ? Both of those questions are very, very interesting, very, very intriguing, I'd say. And I would say while we as we come here today, uh, if you take your Bibles and go ahead and turn to John chapter 18, uh, John chapter 18, and um, we're going to read verse number 37. And uh, in 38, and then we'll get into uh, answering the question, why did Pilate ask Jesus what is truth? John chapter 18, verse number 37 says, Pilate, therefore, said unto him, Art thou a king? Jesus answered, Thou sayest that I am a king. To this end was I born, and for this cause came I into the world, that I should bear witness unto the truth, everyone that is of the truth heareth my voice. Verse number 38, Pilate said unto him, here it is, what is truth? And when he had said this, he went out again unto the Jews and said unto them, I find in him no fault at all. So we're going to go, we're going to read, you know, several parts of the scriptures mostly found within the Gospels. But uh, before we look into why Pilate asked that question, I really want to look at what is truth. Um, what is truth? You know, we were talking when I got here uh, about Google, and I've always been told if you don't feel well, if you're trying to find something out, don't Google it. No, all it is is a, you know, it's just an algorithm of, of what somebody else has Googled, I guess. So, so I, I typed in truth in there, and it just didn't do enough for me what I was looking for, right? You type in truth, and some of the definitions you get, uh, it reminds me when I, when I looked on there that the truth at some point, if it's not real truth, it's going to begin to unravel itself for what it really is, okay? So one of the definitions, or I call it a definition if you want, it says the quality or state of being true. Okay, that, that's, that's okay, but, what, but how do I know what is quality to you? If you're telling me something is true based off of it has good quality, well, i got to see it for myself to know that the quality is true. And you know where we used to work, you'd say, this is the best case of product I've ever made because the quality of it is so good. Well, I might walk up with my work spectacles and say, no, I see something in there. That's not the best because the quality is not right. And so then... Uh, so, so, so that really is circumstantial, depending on like you know what the quality of it is. Then, then I found one that said uh, that which is true or in accordance with fact or reality. But what facts? What are you calling a fact? 
when I say you, I mean just anybody in general, because our world today, people think something is a fact that is indeed not a fact. They get the, the facts and the opinions mixed up. And then how do I know what you may think is reality? If you're basing the truth off of what you say is reality, if I'm if I'm taking the truth from some person I've never met and you're saying this is reality, how do I know what you what you think reality is? So it's circumstantial at best. And then there, then there's a belief that is accepted as true. But what beliefs are we talking about? You know, there's uh, many, I'm sure many more definitions if you just look up the word truth. It's all out there. But I'm thankful that, that I have a Bible that tells me the real truth. It is the real truth. And so these seem to be circumstantial. They definitely are when you look at any anywhere besides the Bible for the truth. It seems to be circumstantial. Or you could say the truth will be dependent on circumstances. But I would say I would I would call that relative truth. Because uh, relative truth, by definition, is declaring that something is true for one person, but not for another. Relative truth. So. You can look at our current world that we live in. We live in a me, me, my truth, your truth world. What I think is truth is true to me. Or what you think is truth is true to you. And it's okay. We can just agree to disagree. A me, truth, your truth world. But like I said in the beginning, the truth, if it's not the real truth, will always unravel. Jesus said, in John 14, 6, and I love this verse because it unravels every other truth that has ever been put out there. He said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man. No man means no man cometh unto the Father but by me. That's what Jesus said. So that debunks this whole movement that we see in our world today. Well, this is my truth. This is your truth. We can both have a truth party and everybody's okay. Jesus takes that and he just unravels it. Even to the point of today, he does it. The Bible also declares uh, in Romans chapter 3, verse number 4, that uh, let God be truth and every man a liar. Let God be truth and every man a liar. The Bible declares that every man like, street, like sheep have gone astray. The only truth that will ever hold true to the very, for all eternity, is the truth of Christ. And what God did, and he sent his son into this world to die for us, to die for me so that I could have a savior. If I've placed my faith and trust in any other truth than what Christ has done, I will be disappointed. I will be the most miserable. And in the end, I, I, I will have a very terrible ending. Amen. He told Nicodemus uh, in John chapter 3, this was a religious leader. This was a Pharisee. This was a guy that he spent his whole life working and forming and standing behind that system of organized religion they had. He stood behind it. Jesus told him, except a man be born again. He said, marvel not. Marvel not. Stop marveling because this is the truth that I'm trying to tell you. And can you just imagine Nicodemus at his age and all of his all, all of his knowledge and all of his studying that he'd done all of his life is now in just in one verse. It's all unraveled. And he says, Jesus says, look, you must be born again. This is the truth that I'm giving you. So we see the truth in, in our world. It's me and my truth and your truth. But then we have also associated with that. We'll see a lot of self-will uh, in, in this generation, you know, that, that we live in. There's a lot of do it yourself. And there's nothing wrong with, you know, like projects around the house. And she tells me to fix something. I do it myself. And I say, look, it's done. And she'll come inspect it. <laughs> but when it comes to spiritual things, when you try to tell people the truth, that it will help them, that, we, that, that I know a Savior that can, that can save you and help you, they don't want to hear that. The world don't want to hear that. You can testify, Rambo, where, we, where I still work. People don't want to hear that. They don't care about it. They don't care. And, and, and that's part of that I will, I can, I won't, I don't, I should or I shouldn't mentality that we see in our world today when it comes to not only the truth, but everything everything that surrounds the truth. Um, 
I've also thought about this this statement. You know, you hear a lot of, well, I'm willing to believe it, but if it's not true, I'll figure it out. You know, I think that's very dangerous because if we're trying to figure something out on our own, we are getting further and further away from the truth that God has given us in His Word. And it's right here in His Word. He's given it to us and we and we can soak it all in and know that it's true. And so um, I um, God saved me when I was two, almost said 2009. He saved me in 2009. <laughs> and um, I just remember when God saved me, um, I just remember him revealing truth to me that I was a sinner and that I was lost. That was his truth. He revealed to me. And then he revealed to me and said, but I can save you. I can help you. I want to be your Lord. I want to be your God. And I just remember when he saved me because I, you know, my past, I, uh, I struggled for nine years with, with, with drug addiction and alcoholism and riotous living and just doing whatever I wanted to because I wanted to. But when God saved me, he didn't just didn't save me out of that. He saved me out of believing a lie. He saved me out of believing that I was okay. He saved me out of sin. and He saved me into the family of God. And I'm thankful that when he revealed that truth to me, I'm thankful for that day he did it. And I praise him for that today. And so uh, this self-will you know, generation, that, that or not just generation, but everywhere around us we see, and it's a very dangerous thing. It's very dangerous. And uh, another one that uh, you, you can you can kind of see when you talk to people about the Lord is uh, me. is everybody <clears throat> everybody goes to heaven a heaven a different way. I've heard that so many times. I'm tired of hearing. I'm tired of hearing that because the Bible says that broad is the way. That leads to destruction, and narrow is the way that leads to life. And few, and few be there that find it. Few. I want to be in that few. I'm going to be in that few. And if we have believed the truth of Jesus Christ, we'll we'll, we'll be in that few. We'll find it because He's already given it to us. You know what? Uh, John fourteen six once again debunks that. Jesus said, "I'm the way, the truth, and the life. No man cometh unto the Father but by me." Not by your religion, not by the pastor, not by mom and dad, not by your family, not by riding in on grandma's coattail. None of that. It's by Jesus and Jesus alone. And uh, we, we have somebody very close to us in our family that continues to tell us that every time we talk to her. And, um, and, and what bothers me about it, because she'll say, well, there won't be Baptists and Catholics. There won't be just Baptists or Catholics or Pentecostals in heaven. She's partly right, because there won't be. Everybody in heaven will be there because they put their faith and trust in Jesus Christ. That's why they'll be there. Not, you know, and, and so that, that, that the truth hurts. The truth hurts. When you hear that they believe that, that hurts. But then when you share with them that they're believing a lie, that hurts too, because the truth does hurt. You know, um, I was listening to one of your podcasts, <laughs> and, um, and and he was mentioning every time he reads the word that it cuts, it cuts, and that's what the word's meant to do. The the word is not meant to just make us feel good. The truth is not meant to make us feel good. You know, it's not. Now, the truth can bring us joy. It it, it can bring us, you know, it can bring us to a point where we realize that we really do have it good if we've trusted Christ as our Savior. It can re confirm that but it's not meant to make us feel good because when we get in the bible we'll find the absolute truth there we go absolute truth and i love the absolute truth the truth that cannot be changed is always valid unvarying and permanent i love that that to me that describes the lord that describes his word. It's never changing. It's always valid. It's, it, it's good for any situation we find ourselves in. It's needful. It's not going to change. It is permanent. Jesus said all this, heaven and earth is going to pass away, but my words will not pass away. I love that. Absolute truth. I promise I didn't, I promise I didn't steal 
these examples, two plus two will always be four. Right? <laughs> two, that's right. Yes, it is. Amen. Yes, sir. Absolutely. Yes, it is. Absolutely, it is. Yes, ma'am. Him is fighting a losing battle, and, and, and wow! So we'll, we'll never see a square that's a circle. I, I know these might sound kiddish, but it's true. We'll never see a square that's a circle, right? It's absolute truth that a circle is a circle, and uh, and, and I know y'all probably agree with this, but for the, uh, the love of everything that's good, it's pecan and not pecan. Absolute <laughs> truth. <laughs> Um, thank you, thank you so much. I, I should have thought of that one. <laughs> um, and th this absolute truth, y'all, it defines the very character of God. If God says He's kind, we know that He's kind. We've seen that He's kind. The Bible shows that He's kind. If He was never kind to us, just because the Bible has shown that He is kind is enough to show that He is absolute. And he talks, though, talks about <clears throat> that he's unchanging, unvarying. The Bible speaks of the Lord's power and control. He's not changing just because the world is. He's not going to change. He says all across the Bible, I'm the Lord thy God and I change not. That's a promise. He's not going to change. His word's not going to change. You'll find a lot of people that say, well, God evolves along with man. That's, that's a lie from the pits of hell. Uh, because God does not. God will not change. That's right. That's right. And so when, when I read that definition of absolute truth, uh, it sounds a lot like God's love to me. Um, God's love does not vary. You know, you take one of the most memorized Bible verses, John 3.16, in all the world, and... and, and People still don't understand that for God so loved the world. He loved everybody. It's absolute. It's not changing. His love don't change from person to person depending on who they are. He's loved everybody. And so you, you and I, are, are we, we might be different and have different circumstances, but I can guarantee you that God loves me just as much as he loves you. And God loves you just as much as he loves me. John 3, 16. And the lost sinner, by the way, is saved the same way that we have been saved. For God so loved the world. He, he, it's, not, it's not varying. It's permanent. permanent. It's always valid no matter what person it is. I have a testimony where God, where God broke the chains of a lot of things in my life that were holding me down and killing me. But that does not mean that I was saved anymore or any less than the Christian I got saved when they were seven years old. The ground is level at the cross, right? That's absolute truth. Absolute truth. And so I, we, we've seen people get saved that we, we never thought would turn an eye towards God. I've seen it. She's seen it. I was one of them, you know. You know, people, and I remember my grandparents telling me, son, we were praying for you that God would do what he had to do to get your attention, and he sure did. And he saved me. And I'm thankful for that, the absolute truth, and I can testify that. And so we're, we're almost where 
where I really want to get, but I just feel like all this, this is what the Lord gave me. And uh, so the absolute truth of the big G God will always unravel the little t truths to what they really are. You look at Genesis, talks about man and woman and the sanctity of marriage. And the world has taken that and, and, and destroyed it. But you tell them that, they don't want to hear the truth, but then they live that way and they find themselves, their lives destroyed and turned upside down. Guess what's happened? Those little truths, they've unraveled. And the absolute truth, guess what? It's still all raveled up. It's still the same. It's not going to change. It's not going to change. And also you have this culture, you know, that, that talks about gender and they confused of, of, of what they are, how God made them. But the Bible also declares in Genesis that, that, that every man, woman, boy, and girl are made in the image of God. Made in the image of God, no matter if you're a male or a female, you're made in the image of God, not to go back and, and change how God made you. That goes against the absolute truth. You, you think about music. Uh, that's a big one to me because when, when I was living the way I was living, Music had a big influence on what I would do, what I would say, how I would talk. It really did. And, 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 and people say this day, well, it's art. You see on TV all the stuff that's on, our, that, that's on national television that they're doing, and they say it's art. That blows my mind because it's not art, for one thing. And if you, it just reminds me of what Nebuchadnezzar said, when you hear the trumpets, everybody needs to bow. This day and hour when people hear music, they bow to it. They do what it says because that's the only truth that they know. That's the truth that they're going with, that it's okay. This is okay because it's what's popular or what's cool or what's in style. Absolute truth will always unravel that because just like I did, I found myself in a, you know, in a life where I was trying to live just like the music said, do just like the music said, and I found myself at the bottom where the rubber meets the road. And God saved me, and I'm thankful for that. And uh, some more we could talk about when, when, when Jesus met the woman at the well. He told her that, that those that worship God are going to worship him in spirit and in truth. Truth. Think about a lot of our churches today. I, I, think, I think this nation misses that. When we come to church with a pure heart, wanting to worship the Lord in our spirit, in our spirit, and, and in truth, worshiping what is true and not what is a lie, worshiping what is truth and not what is, well, maybe it's true, maybe it's not. Hey, buddy. <laughs> um, that's good what you said. I was thinking on that. This week, we're made to worship. Yes. Like we're literally created to worship. That's what God. the Bible says, yes. That's what the Bible says. And for those who don't Yes. We're going to worship something. That's right. I remember so, hearing that. So if I don't worship the God of that absolute truth Bible, then, then this phone becomes a God. Then Jesus That's exactly God, right. I worship something. Yes. Well, if you read in Romans chapter 1, I think we'll do that with you. And starting in verse 22, Romans chapter 1, it's time to be wise as it came forth, and they exchanged the glory of the incorruptible God for an That's right. That's right. That's right. They sure will. That's, that's right. So when when I think about that, another one that comes to my mind is you know you hear a lot of people talk about Mother Nature. It, 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 it's, it is the Lord's, right? But it's Mother Nature belongs to Father God. If I, if I can put it, if I can put it like that, Psalms twenty four one says the earth is the Lord's, everything in it, 
And he's already said what he was going to do with it in the end anyway, right? So, man, I mean, uh, little T truths. It is like he said. You know, if you're not in the absolute truth, you're on to something. And uh, it's dangerous. So, within with talking about little t, I mean little teacher, with talking about the the uh, absolute truth, absolutely the Bible is absolute truth. And I can think of five gospel truths um, in the Bible that that God is the creator of this universe in the beginning. God, the Bible starts there. It was all made by Him. We just talked about that. It's all for Him. It's all for His glory. And like you were talking about. Uh, in Isaiah, I believe it mentions that we were made for His glory. We were made to worship Him. We were made for that. In every avenue of our life, that's what He made us for. Uh, and also, another gospel truth is that man is sinful and condemned. You go down what they call the Romans road. You re read the book of Romans, and you'll find that man is sinful and condemned. And, and the penalty for that is eternal death and separation from God and torment. That's sad. I don't wish that on anybody, but we can't get. But I can't get saved for anybody, so I want to tell them about the absolute truth. I want to let them know that there is one that God provided. There is there is that substitute that took my place, that took their place on the cross. And, and the Bible says, I love I love this terminology. It says that He is the only potentate. He's the only go between, right? And so man must believe in Jesus Christ to be saved. You know, I think of Romans 6.23, for the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. You can sum the Bible up in that one verse. That's the whole thing. That's the absolute truth. If you want to know it, Romans 6.23, there it is. Absolute truth. So before we get in to the question from Pontius Pilate to Jesus, does anybody have any questions? Yes, sir. I've been around just a few times, someone, you know, and they, you know, in college, they were all my Christians, okay? But sometimes people say, well, I'm, I'm Baptist, or I'm this, or I'm that. What are you? Yeah. Well, my answer is, I'm a Christian, I'm a follower of Christ. Right. Because the denomination is not going to get you there. It's no. Nothing no. To do. But a lot of people almost worship with their nomination. They do. If you, if you walked up to somebody, like if I walked up to Gene and said, hey, do you, do you believe in Christ? And the first thing out of his mouth is, I'm a Pentecostal. Or I'm a Baptist. Right. That's not what I asked. That's yes. 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 <laughs> you ask somebody if they're saved and they say, well, I'm Catholic. And that's you that. You know? Yeah. That's right. The, the, when we get there, he's not going to say, "Well, thank you for being a good Baptist." He's going <laughs> to, or, or thank you for being a Baptist Catholic hostel. You know, all three of them put together. But I mean, the Bible says that you know, if you don't know him, if you don't see his son in you when you get there, he's going to say, "I never knew you." So then, all that time in religion will be for nothing. Yeah, that's right. And, there, and, and hell is, is you know, somewhere in the Bible, I believe it says that hell is, is forever enlarging itself. And that's part of the reasons why. You know, it's part of the reasons why. That's exactly right. I was reading that earlier. I was like, man, look at these guys. They have no idea. Maybe they did, but. Yes, it is. Yes, it is. Amen. That's right. Yeah. Yes, he is. Yeah, that's so true. Yeah. 
Yeah. Uh, it is. It's getting very close. And Right. Uh, I know it was said, you know, religion and just going to church won't won't get you to heaven. But once you're saved, it's just kind of, I don't want to say it's funny, but like, I love the church. I love being around God's people. But even after you're saved, if you just go to church Sundays and Wednesdays, then it'll keep you from being close to God. So the church in, in both areas, you know, can, can be an object of what we worship. So, so the question, why, why did Jesus, why, why, did, why did Pontius Pilate ask Jesus what is truth? So Pilate was the fifth governor of the Roman province of uh, Judea. He was serving under Emperor Tiberius. And he's best known for the official who presided over the trial of Jesus and ultimately ordered his crucifixion. Wow. I mean, so to understand more, when I was reading this, to to really look into why he asked Jesus, because we know that when he asked him that, it was sarcastic. I was listening to that, what y'all said. It It was sarcastic. And I believe he was very haughty or prideful when he asked him that. You know, he was probably very deceived, and we're going to talk about it when he asked him that. And, and, and But regardless of regardless of what, it, what that question looks like, I do want to try to look at what was going on inside of Pilate that caused him to look at, you know, to ask that. So if you look in John 18, we, we read it at the beginning, Uh, Verse number 37 says that Pilate therefore said unto him, Art thou a king then? Jesus answered, Thou sayest that I am a king. To this end was I born. And for this cause came I into the world, that I should bear witness unto the truth. Everyone that is of the truth hears my voice. Pilate said unto him, What is truth? And when he had said this, he went out again unto the Jews and saith unto him, I find in him no fault at all. So here, in verse number 37, Jesus is revealing his purpose and his cause to Pilate. He reveals it to him. He's saying, he's saying look, I was born into this world to bear witness unto the truth. I was born into this world not to be an earthly king, because he was an earthly king. He says it. His servants would have wiped them all out. But he came to be a heavenly. He came to bear witness under the truth of the heavenly King. He was born to bring the truth of the gospel. You know, he, Jesus was not born so we can sing "Kumbaya" at Christmas time. You know, and, and trade gifts. He just wasn't. You know, and, and so he was born to bring the truth of the gospel. And he was telling Pilate this to his face. And it brings me back to Romans 3.23, sorry, Romans 6.23 again. Uh, for, uh, for the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. He was telling Pilate this, look, this is the truth, and I want to bear a witness into the truth. I am telling you what the truth is. And then he, and then he tells him what his cause was. Everything that Jesus did in the New Testament and the Gospels, he had a cause for it. To point people to salvation. To point people to him, to his own self. He had a cause. And he said, this is the cause that I came into the world that I should bear witness unto the truth or to the truth. That tells me right there, just in those in, in that statement, that, that we're not going to know truth until Jesus himself bears witness to the truth. We're not going to know it. Until Jesus reveals to our heart about it, we're not going to know it. <laughs> that boy, hey buddy. So he bears witness under the truth of Pilate. He, he talks about his cause. He talks about what, what he came into the world to do. And, and I believe that they, you know, they knew that something was different about Jesus. They knew. They knew, uh, and, you know, why would... Herod go killing all babies when Jesus was born. He knew. 
He knew that Jesus had came into the world with His purpose and that His cause was to point people into the truth. Verse number 37 says that everyone that is of the truth has believed in the one, basically, who is truth. Uh, John, I'm in John, but I'm going to go back to John chapter 10 because I want to read this. Uh, John chapter 10, verses 1 through 5. Verily, verily, I say unto you, He that entereth not by the door into the sheepfold, but climbeth up some other way, the same as a thief and a robber. But he that entereth in by the door is the shepherd of the sheep. To him the porter openeth, and the sheep hear his voice. And he calleth his own sheep by name, and leadeth them out. And when he putteth forth his own sheep, he goeth before them, and the sheep follow him, for they know his voice. And a stranger will they not follow, but will flee from him, for they know not the voice of strangers. So Pilate, Pilate is told here in verse number 38, I'm sorry, verse number 37, he said, everyone that's of, Jesus told him, everyone that's of the truth hears my voice. So Pilate was hearing the voice of God, but spiritually he did not hear it because he was not of the truth. He was not of the truth. Think about the first lie that was ever told. It's recorded in Genesis chapter 3. When, when the serpent lied to Eve, when, when the serpent lied to Adam and Eve to deceive them, and the last, the last lie that's ever going to be told in the face of this earth, Satan's going to be behind it. He will be. And so I'm thinking about when, when I read John chapter 10, I, I just love how it says, they know my voice. They follow me and they know my voice. If I send them out, I'm going to go out there before them. I love that because that's a promise that he will be out there before us. He knows what tomorrow holds. But the thing about when, when the devil lies, when he, when he tries to feed us lies, even as Christians, when he tries to lie to us, the purpose of his lies, and this is what Jesus says further on in chapter number 10, is that he's come to steal, kill, and destroy. He wants to kill. He wants to steal, and he wants to destroy everything that God does in the Christian's life, and he definitely wants to steal, kill, and destroy any chance of a lost person getting saved. How is he going to do it? With a lie. He's been doing it with a lie from the beginning, and that's how he's going to continue to do it, with a lie. Jesus said uh, in John 8.44 that your father, he talks about your father the devil. He was a murderer from the beginning. He was a liar and the father of lies, and he cannot tell the truth. That's what the Bible says, that he, he can't hold on to the truth because he, he is a lie himself. I mean, you, you get in this, you get in the Gospel of John. I, I, you know, I, I've seen the word "true" so much. I'm just, you know, scattered all over it. <laughs> I mean, so Pilate is presented with truth, right? Jesus is right in his face, the Son of God, the Lamb of God, right in his face. But he didn't spiritually hear the voice of God because he was not of the truth. He was not. We all remember. That time, well, I remember that time when, when God revealed his truth in me about his son that could save me. At that point, if I would have not believed in that truth, I wouldn't have knew the truth, right? I would have been an unbeliever. That's why when you, you know, as an unbeliever trying to read the words, you're not going to understand it. Because it's the working of the Holy Spirit and the ministry of the Holy Spirit to help us understand God's Word. And, and if you don't, if you never trusted the truth, if you never trusted in the truth of Jesus Christ, then you're not going to be able to understand this truth. You're not going to be able to understand it. And this happens daily. I mean, you think about the gospel is preached and shared in every church around this country. The Holy Spirit deals with people. People don't accept it. They don't want to hear it. God shows their heart real truth, and they do not want it. They do not want it. Uh, some, some even say that, you know, they believe it's true. Um, well, I, yeah, no, I, I love God. I believe God. But have you believed Him in your heart? Right. Have you asked Him into your heart? Have you believed His truth in your heart? That's why you, know, you can talk a lot about a lot of people have a head knowledge and not a heart knowledge, right? You know, and they believe it up here all day long. But what about here? You know, what about the heart? 
Does, does your heart hold the truth of God? Does it does it have a does it have a sustenance? Our heart should have a sustenance that we have known and trusted the truth. It's the truth will change your life. The truth will save you for one thing. Then it'll change your life. Amen. He um. So I say all that to get to here to you know, to answer. According to the scriptures, why Pilate asked Jesus what is true? One, one thing I want to mention is, is I believe definitely that he was being deceived by the devil himself. Um, if, you, if you look at the religion in that era they were in, they had multiple gods, multiple truths. Pilate was deceived into thinking that there were multiple truths. There were there were there was a religious truth for the religious crowd, and then there was a relative truth, circumstantial truth, based off of of what they wanted to think, what they wanted to believe. And can I tell you the same? That's the, that's the, what we just talked about. That's still the desire of Satan today is to see is to deceive people, to deceive the lost and the never getting saved, and to deceive. The Christian into not serving God. Now, uh, when when you talk about religion in the South, you think of the Bible Belt. I heard this the other day. It's over churched and underreached. I heard that the other day, and I was thinking, you know what? That's so that 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 is, that is so true. That that that, we're, that there's so many churches and so many people that have not been reached and have not been shared the absolute truth with. And they're still lost. They're still lost believing in those other truths, those little truths. Pilate was deceived into thinking there were multiple truths. Look at look at verse number thirty-eight. I want to watch. I want you to see what he says. <clears throat> Pilate said unto him, "What is truth?" Watch this next part of the scripture. He says, "And when he had said this, he went out again into the Jews and said unto him, I find no fault in him at all." The first part of number thirty-nine that ye have a custom that I should release unto you one at the Passover. So Pilate may be deceived into thinking there's multiple truths. Hey, I have a truth. You know, Pilate hasn't believed in his heart that, th that this, this man is the Son of God. But hey, he believes maybe... Maybe he's something different. Maybe he, maybe you know, maybe there's something different about this man. But they have a truth that that we got to release somebody. So I'm willing to content your truth, even 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 if it steps all over my truth. He, he was deceived into thinking that, and and that's what you call. We talked about the religion earlier, and I keep going back to this: the Burger King religion. You know, have it your way, do what you want to do. That's your religion. That's okay. It'll get you to heaven. It will not get you to heaven. The Bible says that you cannot love the world and God at the same time. That's what it says. That's what the Bible says. Um, Jesus said, you'll love the one and you'll hate the other. Those are the words that come from Christ. You cannot serve God and man. You cannot serve God and religion. <clears throat> so there's a possibility he could have been under deception from the devil. But also, if you look at Pilate in the position that he was in, I would say that he asked Jesus what his truth may because he was under a lot of pressure. He was the governor of that pro of, of that province. What a governor's wealth, what are they supposed to do? They're supposed to look out for the people, please the people, content the people, all those things like that. But but when you look at I want to look at verse I want to look at Mark chapter 15. Mark chapter 15. Verse number 15, it says, And so Pilate, willing to content the people, released Barabbas into them and delivered Jesus when he had scourged him to be crucified. He wanted to please the people. He wanted to be a people pleaser. You can't please God and please man. You cannot. If Pilate wanted to please the people, then, then how true was his statement in John 19.6, and, and you'll find this in other parts of John as well, when he kept saying, I find no fault in this man. He kept saying it over and over. But then he says he was willing to content the people. 
it sounds like this man, this pilot, was like a madman. He was just going back and forth, back and forth. He didn't know what to believe because he was under pressure. He had all that pressure on him. So he he was also, uh, you could say that his that he was under Tiberius Caesar. I'm guessing that was his that was his boss, <laughs> and he wanted to be in good standing with him. He was under pressure to please man and not God. He was under that pressure. That all the accolades that come with being a governor, all the accolades that came and, and, and how his life might have been just from being in the position he was in. He didn't want to lose none of that. So he was willing to content the people instead of trusting in the real truth of God because he was under all that pressure. Now, I can say this, that there's a lot of pressure in this world today, especially on our young people. And even even in my age group, I'm not going to tell you how old I am, but even in my age group, there's a lot of pressure. And if we're not careful, all that pressure can keep us away from the things of God. It can keep us away from the truth of God. Every time we go to read our Bible, or every time, I know sometimes I'll pick up this Bible, and then something comes to mind that I have to do. It's not necessarily a bad thing, but it's something that I wouldn't have thought about if I wouldn't have picked up my Bible. Those things can cause us all the pressure, all the busyness, all that stuff can cause us to get away from the truth of God. All that pressure. You notice that in John chapter 19, verse 12, look what Pilate said. And from henceforth, Pilate saw to release him. But the Jews cried out, saying, If thou let this man go, thou art not Caesar's friend. Whoever maketh himself a king, uh, a king speaketh against Caesar. So Pilate is under pressure. He wants to be in good standing with, with, with Caesar. And they're throwing it in his face. That's what the world will do. We're under pressure and we're saying, no, this is the truth of God. This is how I'm going to live my life. And they're like, if you don't do this, you're not going to be our friend. Well, Get ready to lose some friends, or, 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 or so-called friends, right? So, so they're pressuring him, and, and they're pressuring him. But we know what the Bible says is that friendship with the world is enmity with God. You can't be friends with the world and serve God like, like we're called to do. We just can't do it. Now, are we to be friendly? Are we to be Christ-like? Absolutely. But to go into the same things talk the same way, and be like the world. <clears throat> Even when we're in the world, we shouldn't be of the world. And you also see, I, I, I didn't write this down, but in the scripture somewhere you'll see that Pilate and Herod became friends after, uh, after he sent him to Herod to be tried. Pilate formed a friendship with the world, and he had the truth of God right in front of his face. He was pressured. He was pressured. Well, um, so we'll see that the voices. Uh, look, I'm gonna turn to Luke. Turn to Luke chapter 23. Luke chapter 23, uh, verse number 20. Verse number 20, chapter 23. Pilate, therefore, willing to release Jesus, spake again to him. But they cried, saying, Crucify him, crucify him. And he said unto them the third time, Why? What evil hath he done? I have no cause of death in him. I will therefore chastise him and let him go. Look at verse number 23. And they were instant with loud voices requiring that he might be crucified. And the voices of them and of the chief priests prevailed. They prevailed over Pilate, and I'm not saying this is the reason that he never believed in the truth, but it had a probably a pretty good bit to do with it. That he wanted to please the people. He want he he was yes he did. That's exactly right. But you, I mean, you said it though. It's in uh, John 10, reading a little bit further along, verse 25. Jesus answered him, "I told you." Did not believe the works that I do in my Father's name. These testify of me. So what is he testifying? He's testifying of himself. Yeah. But you do not believe because you are not my sheep. 
my sheep hear my voice, and I know them, and they follow me, and I give eternal life to them, and they'll never perish, and no one will snatch them out of my hand. So it's, it, it all boils down to this absolute truth. Why yes, it does. into the will of others. Yes. Right. He did not. He, he he definitely was distracted. In, in that 1838 there, you know, when Pilate said to him, what is truth? And then he went, you know, yeah. it was almost like, what is truth? And turned and walked off. Yeah. He didn't want to even hear. Right. He did, that's right. He didn't wait for an answer. That's right. Um, so, so, so the voices of the people, they, they, they prevailed. They distracted him. They, 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 they pressured him, and that's what the world, the flesh, and the devil will always try to do. It's always going to try to echo a different truth, another truth. It's going to try to paint one up nice and pretty, but it's not going to be the truth. It's going to be an imposter. Like you were saying, if we're, if we're not serving God, we're serving the imposter. And so um, I asked myself this, can the truth be drowned out? Now, if we're born again, child of God, the truth is in us. We know the truth. But if we stop reading our Bible, if we get out of prayer, if we got, if we get out of fellowship with God, then there are things that will come in front of us. There will things that will get in the way, <clears throat> not of us knowing what the truth is, but of us seeing it being played out in our own life. And so we see. Uh, I guess we're going to visit every gospel. Amen. Uh, go to Matthew chapter 27. Matthew chapter 27. I didn't even know he was over there. <laughs> Matthew chapter 27, verse number 18, 19, and 20. For he knew that for envy they had delivered him. Verse number 19. When he was set down on the judgment seat, his wife sent unto him, saying, Have thou nothing to do with that just man? For I have suffered many things this day in a dream because of him. But the chief priests and the elders persuaded the multitude that they should ask Barabbas and destroy Jesus. And... Pilate was warned by his own wife. Pilate was being told, have nothing to do with him. He's just, he's right. Don't have anything to do with him. But like I said, he was like a madman. He would go sit in his seat in the judgment hall, then he would go out to the crowd, then he would come back to Jesus. Back and forth, back and forth, and it just drove him, I believe it drove him crazy to a point where he had no idea what the truth was. He had no idea. And... uh. <clears throat> Another possible reason that he was full of pride. He was full of pride. But I can tell you that Christ humbled him. Maybe not to a point where he accepted the truth, but he sure put him in his place, I would say. <clears throat> Sorry. Pilate's pride uh, probably led to him thinking that, that he did not need the truth and that he had the final say of that arena he was in. But, but definitely, I would say that Jesus humbled him. You look in chapter 19, verse number 10 and 11 of Matthew. Chapter 19, verse number 10. Then said Pilate unto him, Speakest thou not unto me? Knowest thou not? I have power to crucify thee and have power to release thee. Verse number 11 says, Jesus answered, Thou couldest have no power at all against me, except it were given thee from above. Therefore, he that delivereth me unto thee hath the greater sin. Jesus humbled him. He said, you don't have any power at all over me, but only the power that God has allowed to happen in, in, in this situation. He humbled him. You know, Proverbs, 6, Proverbs 16, 18 says that pride goeth before destruction and a haughty spirit before a fall. The first, like, like you said, brother, he said, when, he, when he asked him, he didn't even give him a chance to answer. That haughty spirit and that pride came before his fall. Whatever his, whatever his end was, it, that came before that. That came before that. And now I, I wanted to bring this up too. Uh, in chapter 19, verse number 11, look at the last part of it. It says, Therefore he 
that delivered me unto thee hath the greater sin. Think about this for a minute. The Pharisees and all those religious people blaspheme him in the scriptures, committing sin against the Holy Ghost that is not pardoned, that's not forgivable. He tells Pilate they have the greater sin. Could it be that they were already of a you know, given over, a reprobate mind, unforgivable because of what they did against the Holy Spirit? And then Pilate still had a chance to believe on the truth. I, I, I think even easier. Some of them, some of them were definitely apostates. Right, right, you know, right. Some of them were. He, yes. Christ tells them, like whenever he comes into Jerusalem, he says, your, your judgment is going to be worse than that of Sodom and Gomorrah. He already knows they're in. Yeah. He already knows they're in. Yeah. Um, but also, those some of those same ones were there at the day of Pentecost and receiving the Holy Ghost. Yes. You're right. Yeah, that's good. Yep, that's right. That's right. That's good. I love it. Um, right. That's exactly right. Yeah, and, and even even with Pilate, you know, uh, you, you can look and think, well, I wonder if he ever got saved. Well, according to the scripture, he didn't. We but, don't have an account. Right. But I, I'm looking at these verses right here, and I'll just read them. I know we're getting close to the end. But you tell me, I mean, he was deceived. I'm not going against you right there. But also, I believe the seed was planted that day. Yes, I, I believe that so, too. John 19, verse 7 and 8 uh, and 9. The Jews answered him, we have a law. By that law, he ought to die because he made himself out to be the son of God. Therefore, when Pilate heard this statement, he was even more afraid. Yep. Right? And yep. he entered into the uh, praetorium again and, and said to Jesus, where are you from? So there's another question. Yeah. First he said, what is truth? Now he's going back and he's asking, where, where are you from? <laughs> right? Because they're wanting to kill you because you said you're God. Right. Where are you? Right? Amen. So, I don't know. I like that because that's that was actually my 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 last point is that he was afraid. It's okay. He was afraid, right? This seed had been planted in him, and he knew something was different about Jesus. And and like Rambo said, that he was asking him where he's from. In in, in verse in chapter nineteen, let's see. Not 19, chapter 18, uh, in verse number 30, it says, When Pilate asked them, he said, What accusations are you bringing? Verse number 30 says, They answered and said unto him, If he were not a malefactor, we would not have delivered him up unto thee. They couldn't even give him a reason. They had no flaw to give against Christ. They had no flaw. And so this, when I read those verses, when I read what you're talking about, about about how that seed could have been planted. Once again, that's between him and God. It is every every man's salvation is between them and the Lord. Um, but I do know that he was afraid. The Bible says he was afraid. And, and, and so, uh, in Matthew twenty seven twenty four, he, he he hears the the riotous, murderous crowd, but he tells them, he's like, "Look, I'm washing my hands with this." Could it be because it was just an inconvenience, or because maybe, maybe did he really know that he was, he, he was had innocent blood on his hands, you know? Yeah, and right, right. You want him crucified? Go ahead. Yeah, I'm washing my hands. That's right. And and, uh, and also in John, when he talks about when he rode on the cross, the King of the Jews, and they said, "Don't write that. Write that he said he was the King of the Jews." He said, "I've written what I've written." That leaves this some, you know, I'm, you know. Uh, if we're going to try him and, and find him guilty, that's yes, right. yes. He's guilty for the right thing. Well, I'm thankful uh, for the time that uh, we had together here over the Word of God. Does anybody have any questions?
Heavenly Father, I thank you so much, Lord, for just allowing us to be here tonight. We thank you for Brother Scott and this church, Lord. I pray that you continue to do a work here. Uh, Lord, I pray you continue, Lord, to just help us to, to go to your truth, Lord, to, to keep the truth, Lord, and to stand firm in it and share it with other people. Uh, dear Lord, I pray that you would just uh, be with us as we go our separate ways tonight. God, I pray you would uh, bless the services tomorrow night here and, and uh, back home at our home church, dear Lord. <clears throat> I thank you for everything you've done. In Jesus' name, amen. You've been listening to the Learning Curve podcast brought to you by Abundant Grace Church here in DeVille, Louisiana. Uh, we invite you to look at our webpage. It is www.abundantgracechurchonline.com. There you can find all the different ways that you can uh, be in contact with us. Thank you.